Hi, everyone. Welcome to the episode of the Public Health Podcast. We are Chloe and Caitlin from the Harker Public Health Club, and we are so happy to be joined today by, as Harker students call her, Dr. K. After receiving her PhD in organic chemistry, Dr. K actually returned to the Harker School to teach AP chemistry here for nine years. And while teaching, she developed a passion on the side for the art of time management and now has chosen to dedicate her time fully towards being a life coach. So in this episode, Dr. K calls upon her experience working with high school students and touches upon the relevant topics of today, including mental health and stress management during quarantine. Furthermore, she covers broader topics of teens today, like how to find motivation, adopt a positive life attitude, find success, time management, and more. The following is the discussion she had with us, and we hope from this you will find relevance and inspiration towards your life. So Dr. K, thank you so much for coming here today. And would you like to briefly introduce yourself about um, you and your work, both as a chemistry teacher and then a life coach to our listeners? Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, yes, definitely. So my background is that I love kids and I was natural at teaching, but since I'm from India, your parents expect you to do better, go to higher education. So I came to this country to get a PhD and I was a TA during that time. And I realized that uh, my job as a TA was more fun than my job as a scientist. So that led me to become a high school teacher and uh, Harker I think was my third high school. And uh, I've spent about 11 years here. Now, part of the process as a teacher is we pay attention to the students' homework and how they learn. So as I would do that, I would realize organization was lacking in some kids and that directly affected their grades and how they understood the topic. So just naturally without, you know, any formal training, I started working with kids on the side with their time management needs. And then much later on, I was offered a, what's the word to use, a grant to go get a certification in life coaching. So I became an academic life coach. And here we are. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. And I'm also taking chemistry next year. so. I really wish like you were my teacher. You sound like a fun person to work yeah. with. Yeah, so Caitlin, would you like to start off with our first question for Dr. K? Yeah, since the quarantine and social distancing, the lack of face-to-face -face interaction and human connection we've seen has led to a rise of mental health issues, especially in teenagers. And one statistic is that a national poll revealed that 46% of parents saw signs of new or worsening mental health conditions in their teen children since the beginning of the pandemic. So the question we have for you is, have you experienced these same problems personally in your work? Yes, I definitely have seen students being affected by the quarantine and the lack of personal interactions. I don't know about the percent. I mean, these are just my clients that I work with, but they have definitely been affected in a negative way. And I have a daughter who also goes to high school and I can see it at home too. So yep, it's definitely taken a toll on the young adults and the high schoolers. Even the middle schoolers actually, they've been affected by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so continuing on from the previous question, what suggestions do you have to help students with these issues, like mental health issues, especially in like teenagers? 
Yeah, so first I would, the, the best way to go about dealing with issues, these are such broad topics. So everybody has a different issue and the degree of uh, um, inflection or how they feel about their mental state is also different. So the first thing I, I always ask kids is to take a little look inside themselves. Like what is it that they feel uncomfortable or bad about? So break it down, get to know yourself a little better. They're always adults in your life because you're young. So approach an adult that you consider safe uh, to talk to and, and, and share with them how you feel about your mental state. Chances are one of them will be able to help you because adults have been through the experience, right? Of, you know, growing up, not through the experience of COVID, of course, but growing up and how it's difficult to be a teenager. And realize that even all of us are in the same boat, right? The adults as well as the young uh, children are all in the same boat. We're all suffering through this quarantine experience. So talk to someone is what I'd recommend. Yeah, that's a really like important point. I really agree that like we should talk and reach out to people whenever like we feel stressed out about like just anything. Yeah, and so a high school student's life may include like various stressors, like whether it's academic, social, or just family pressure. And so this could potentially lead to more serious mental health issues like anxiety or depression. And so what advice do you have to give to high school students to overcome these challenges for a successful high school experience? Well, overcoming these challenges, you know, we can make it better maybe, but to overcome it completely is kind of hard. Being young adults, you have a lot of hormonal changes happening in your body, physical changes happening in your body. So the feeling of intense emotions is uh, normal at this age. Having said that, young adults also tend to uh, blame themselves a lot more. So they tend to look at some event, especially if it's negative, and they draw conclusions quickly. They say things like, oh, I got a bad grade on my test, for example. Oh, I must be stupid. Or maybe the teacher was tough, or it was an unfair, you know, these are all negative ways of looking at a bad test grade. So that's something that if you can become aware as a young adult that not everything is negative. It just, yes, just look at a bad test. It is a bad test. Leave it at that and not conclude from there. Just ask the question, I don't like this maybe. I don't like this test result. What can I do different for next time? How can I study better for next time? So the anxiety and depression comes from usually looking at ourselves poorly, you know? And once you go down that road of looking at yourself in a negative light, it kind of gets harder and harder to get out of it. My friend doesn't like me. My, my mom doesn't like me. My parents are expecting this. I'm unable to produce this, you know? Put a lot of pressure on yourself. And if you can't get the results right away, boom, you're anxious or depressed. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing this advice for the other high school students. And uh, so Andy, Adding on to the previous question, I've heard of a philosophy that you've not only applied to your own life, but also worked to share with your students as a Harker teacher, and which was to solve stress-inducing problems through planning to create a good lifestyle. So do you want to elaborate a bit more about that? Oh, yes. That's my favorite topic. I call it time management. And it comes from a place of failure. Let me just add that. So I was not doing well in high school, and it came to a head 
it was one of my teachers, one of my favorite teachers who pulled me aside and said, this is bad. I was expecting better from you, you know? And that's what was the first time in my life. I was like, okay, someone's expecting better of me and I'm not able to do it. So what can I do different? And I still had no idea. I was goofing off. I was not doing my homework. So time management, maybe we're miles apart at this point. It was my sister who sat me down when I was panicking about a test. She sat me down and she told me, why don't you break it down? Break it down into smaller pieces. So I had a lot of catching up to do. And I kept, I made this little small section, smaller pieces. And then I realized my stress went down by breaking it down. Once my stress went down, then I was able to actually focus on what I was supposed to do. When you're extremely stressed out about a ton of work that you have to do, then you can't focus because you're carrying that weight on your shoulders that I'm so stressed, right? So that's where putting down all your stress on a piece of paper is called planning. So write down what your goals are. For example, finals are coming up. So write down what your final exams are, what date they are on, what grade you would like on the final, and then work backwards from there. And step by step. And it's, it's not like you, you can study 10 hours before the final and expect to do well. It's like asking someone who has a big belly to work for 10 hours and suddenly have an eight pack. It's not going to work, right? It always is slow and steady, small baby steps at a time. So that's where, that's what I've been teaching my students one-on-one. And boy, when the, when the success happens, it's amazing because once the kid understands what it is that I'm teaching them, how to manage their time, how to manage their week, how to manage their entire semester, and they start to see the results, the most important result is the stress. The stress goes down. You can see the smile on the face because now they have an action plan and they know what to do about it. So, yep, yeah, that's it. that sounds like a really nice plan. So this leads to the next question. So like personally, I've tried many different methods to manage my time efficiently. Some of which you mentioned like just now, like using planners and to-do lists. And then for me, I also like downloaded apps and extensions that would like prevent me from visiting other websites, which would get me distracted. But then I also tend to manually go back and unblock those websites. And then I also get off task again. So is there like a specific time management strategy that you would recommend for uh, students who face similar situations? Well, that's very honest of you. (laughs) So thank you for sharing. There are two different things we're talking about here. Time management is how do I handle what I want to do? And then getting distracted by websites are basically just that, addictions. So just so you know that many of these um, social media sites are designed to make you addicted. So being aware of that. I don't know whether you've watched the documentaries, Social Dilemma, it just came out recently on Netflix. They talk about the addiction power of these, I don't know, websites or, you know, things like Instagram and Snapchat. So these things are highly addictive. So to get off of that addiction, it, it'll, it'll take time and effort. So I wouldn't just shut off a website and expect magic to happen. It doesn't happen, right? You just realize yourself, you manually go back and you uh, get on it again. So the best way to deal with a bad habit is to not to make it wanna go away. Just let it stay there. You're gonna have to play a secret game with the bad habit. You're gonna have to say the bad habit, oh, I'm not getting rid of you. You're gonna be right there, it's okay. What you're going to do is add a good habit on top of that. 
So you want to watch a certain YouTube video for five hours? Sure. But just before watching it for five hours, maybe for 15 minutes, you can do something that will actually help you. That's all you're doing. And then you're going into the five hours. So again, it doesn't happen overnight. You'll slowly see that you tend to shift your attitude towards those addictive websites because you're starting to see that I have control and I have power. So you're not looking at it negatively. You have a positive attitude towards it. And once you have that, then the shift happens. And since I'm talking to young people, young people expect results like within a few days. And that's when I come in because results don't come right away. So I'm the one who cheerleads. I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. We tried, it didn't work, let's try again. So if you can cheer yourself on in this process, then you're good to go. So don't ever think of getting rid of a bad habit overnight. It's not gonna happen. You'll end up with disappointment. Does that sound helpful? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, so I guess I wanted to ask like, what does a positive life attitude mean to you and how should one adopt this? Very good question, Caitlin. So like I said, because in teenagers, hormones are raging. So it's very easy to have ups and downs. So to always have a positive outlook towards life is hard when you're this young. Having said that, I believe the point of the question is if you have a positive life attitude, you go further and better, right? You do better in life. Is that where it's coming from? Okay. So the best thing is to gain knowledge. If you have time to work on yourself, and when I mean work on yourself, I don't mean getting those grades or pleasing somebody else or looking a certain way. When I'm asking you to work on yourself, it means internally. Who am I? What do I want? Where am I going? Right? And if you get those sorted out, set your goals in life, dream big. No one's asking you to not dream about stuff you want. First, dream big, clarify those dreams, change them into goals, and then go after it. And that effort the effort that you put into yourself creates this feeling of positive attitude. I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm trying hard, right? So that's what I, I am not, by no means am I where I want to be, but I'm constantly trying. And in that trying, I feel good. Yeah, I think that was really good advice for um, our listeners. And I will also try to follow that advice Aww. that you just gave. Um, yeah, so next question is kind of similar to the previous one. So how does one experience drive and success in one's life? Again, a good question. So in order to be able to experience a positive feeling, you got to have drive, right? In order to have drive, you got to know what you're driving for. So there's a saying, right? You can have a ship and go sailing, but if you don't know where you're going, it's pointless. So in order to understand what it is you want, we come back again to getting to know yourself. It's, there's many shiny objects out there. You might look at someone on Instagram and say, oh, wow, this person looks really good. I wanna look like that, right? But you have, if you haven't asked the question, why do I wanna look like that? Then it's not gonna last because you're gonna see the next picture on Instagram and you're gonna be, oh, I wanna do that, right? This is distraction. So it's pointless looking outside. The best place to look for what you want is inside. So because every one of us is uniquely created in this world. So Chloe's wants will be different from Caitlin's want, will be different from someone else's want. So you need to spend some time with yourself, ask what you truly want, 
once you do, you will find the drive and inspiration to go for it. All right. So <clears throat> one of the things that I also recommend if, if, if students are interested because of this, we have such a tight, strange environment. We are all in our homes right now, correct? We are all wrapped up in this strange bubble where we're not feeling normal most of the time. So one of the things I recommend to feel good is to exercise. Think about it. If, if you put in even five minutes, you say like, oh, I don't have time for exercise. I have so much homework. I'm taking so many hard classes and I have outside activity. All I'm asking is if you can spend five minutes during class, when your teacher gives you a break or during lunch, just five minutes, maybe 20 jumping jacks in place, right? That itself is enough to make you, to put you in a better frame of mind. The endorphins will kick in. Once that happens, then you feel good. And once you feel good, then you look at things differently and you wanna do them. So a little tip <laughs> on how to feel better during these times. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, so in my experience, when I want to get myself to exercise, I need to find some sort of inspiration. Like I want to be better. So could you talk a bit more about like, where can I find inspiration to be better and do better? Absolutely. So the number one place is, of course, Google. <laughs> so if you Google inspirational quotes or inspirational speeches, there's so many people out there who have, who, you know, share, many of them are actually graduation speeches. If you've ever watched graduation speeches, some of them are just totally inspirational. For example, Steve Jobs. I don't know whether you've watched a Stanford speech, but that's one source, you know, go on YouTube since you're going there anyways, <laughs> go on YouTube and every once in a while, try to type in some inspirational speeches and you'll come across people who are doing great things who have come from nothing. And if, if anything, you, you, your takeaway from those people should be like, oh my God, if this person can do this much, maybe I can do a little bit, right? So when you're feeling down, that's, that's a great place to go. And then there are documentaries on Netflix. If, you're, if you subscribe to Netflix or HBO, they're beautiful documentaries for teenagers. And you know people who have overcome all kinds of hardship and doing well in sports, for example. So that would be a great inspiration for someone like Caitlin. She's looking to be inspired as far as exercise is concerned. So, yeah. Right. Are there any specific videos or shows that you recommend? I'm a big fan of documentaries. So that Social Dilemma was the latest one I saw. So definitely check that out. It talks about addiction. It talks about how the engineers actually device these various sites for you to kind of be addicted to them. So that's knowledge. Knowledge is power. Then I would recommend exercise YouTube videos. They, you, you know, if you're wondering, well, I can't go out. My parents won't let me go out because it's COVID and they're afraid. Go on YouTube. There are 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes videos that you can use. There's YouTube videos on meditation, on yoga, stretching exercises. So there are many places to uh, get your source of inspiration for whatever it is you want. Good food. I want to eat better. I want to exercise. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. 
Yeah, so I think the last question of the day would be, how would you say one finds purpose in their life and what does it mean to be happy? Ooh, okay. So I don't believe in there's such a thing as being happy. I know a lot of people are searching for it. And I, a lot of people ask me, how do I be happy? How can I become happy? So first of all, if you look at happy differently, happy is a temporary emotion, just like sadness. You know, I got a bad grade on the test. I'm sad. I got a good grade on the test. I'm happy. You cannot be consistently happy. That's not a thing that human beings are designed for. We are designed for consistently improving on ourselves. And that gives us a sense of satisfaction or joy. I would, I would use the word joy. So the easiest way to feel that way is to have a sense of gratitude. Just look around you. See what is working for you. For example, you, do you have a place to stay? Do you have parents who take care of you? Do you go to a good school? These are things that you can feel grateful about. So having an attitude of gratitude is number one. So start from there. So if that is something you can do, then you will feel joy no matter what's your situation, right? You're having a bad day, but still there's something working for you, right? So that's a good place to start. Now, as far as the purpose in life is, that's something, it's your lifelong commitment. I have found that in my years of living, my purpose of life came through constantly asking for myself, what's going on? What do I want? Why do I want this? And sometimes I'm going the wrong way. I have a wrong purpose. And then halfway through, I realize, oh, I don't want this, then come back and go again another way. So, but don't stop. Always lean forward and keep trying things, right? Only then you will truly find out what your purpose is. And one of the things is that you will, in your search for purpose, you will fail. Oh boy. And people hate that word. They'd never want to fail. And I, I believe that you must fail because only if you fail, you will realize how much you can push yourself. Only if, you, if everything comes easy to you, if school comes easy to you, all your activities come easy to you, then you're not trying enough. You're not taking a risk. And if you can't take a risk, you're not going to experience the joy that I'm talking about. Right? You're being safe. And in being safe, you know, you're just shortchanging yourself. Who knows what Chloe is capable of? I have no idea. Unless she pushes herself unless she takes off, unless she's, she goes and talks to the teacher that she's scared of. And she says, hey, you know, you don't give us a break. I'm tired of attending 85 minute classes. Imagine that if you go say that to a teacher. Worst case scenario, the teacher's not gonna like you. That's what kids think, right? Best case scenario, everybody gets a break. And suddenly Chloe's like, whoa, she managed to get a break for all of us, right? Yeah, I think, Maybe I should actually do that one day. To my teachers. <laughs> yeah. And also your statement about like being happy just gave me like a new perspective. And I learned so much from your talk and like from your amazing perspective. And yeah, we really appreciate you for coming today. And it was great to have you speak to us and for our podcast. So Yay, thank, yeah, you, thank so you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm very proud of what you're doing. So thank you. Yeah, of course, it's our pleasure.